Welcome, welcome, 6 a.m. run family, community, runners, everyone that's in our circle here. I really, again, want to first start off with some gratitude and thank all you guys for being an amazing part of this community. And uh, this is like, you know, we're on a really, really amazing kind of path forward. As a lot of you guys, you know, we're pre-recording these episodes. So by the time you guys are hearing them after they're done being edited, you know, obviously some things might have been happening. And on a previous episode before, I know I said um, about our GNC launch on Monday, that doesn't happen with all of you guys. So thank you again for that. Not a lot of 6 a.m. updates outside of that as we start this episode. So, you know, one of the things we're doing, which I'm really excited about these podcasts that we're recording, is I'm kind of like putting you guys in the... And you see a lot of like Netflix kind of documentaries and things like that. I'm kind of exploring and I want to learn, right? I want to learn things. I want to see things. And the people I'm meeting and the next person who I'm not going to even waste any more time and introduce already from the pre-call, I saw I was going to learn a lot from. So I want you guys to know it's kind of a journey we're both on together. You guys, the listeners, our community, and even myself, I'm learning so much. And I think that'll help you guys in, in your running and your health and hopefully me and my mental and my my knowledge, and as I run this company, right? So without further ado, I will just announce and introduce Amy White, but please, Amy, introduce yourself. And as we talked in the pre-call, please introduce yourself and tell the audience why I came to you. Sure. So I'm Amy White. I am a board-certified holistic nutritionist. I'm also a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner, which means that I basically, you know, look for root cause of any kind of imbalance and use sort of functional medicine approach to that through holistic dietary changes or adjustments, so we say. And I am all about sort of bringing the body into balance and 6 a.m. run is kind of fun because it's a form of exercise. And so exercise is one of those pieces that goes into full body balance. Right. But what I was just saying to you was my, for what I do with clients, the exercise piece is always sort of the second piece. It's pulling the body into balance first through food and when we do that, this is when we balance out your blood sugars. And all of a sudden you're, you're not having these energy peaks and dips all day and you're not having mood swings and you're not sleeping lousy and you're not constantly craving sugars and needing snacks and coffee to keep going. So first things first is let's bring your body into balance so that you actually feel really good. Right. I love that. What got you, I want to talk about your husband too. We talked about him in the pre-call, so let's get to him later. But what got you into this world? Can you tell us a little bit about, and as far back as you need to go, whether it was from childhood, but can I ask, my interest is always like, what got people on their journey and their path to where they are today? Yeah, it was a family health issue, but not mine. It was my daughter's, who's now, she'll be 29 So she was in high school at the time and she was getting ready to, we were talking about college and Mm -hmm. I got worried because she always had gut issues and she never, when she would eat food, she wouldn't feel well. Um, To the point where we couldn't go to restaurants because she would always have to go and sit outside on the curb because she was just like, I don't feel good. You know, I think I'm going to throw up. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought, you can't go away to school. You can't leave me and me not know that you're going to be able to eat. So we went through the whole, you know, what's going on. And even from when she was a little kid, tried to put her on antacids because they were just like, oh, she just has reflux. And, you know, I was a mom, new mom. I'm like, I didn't know kids were on antacids. Crazy. But I thought that was normal. She, of course, never took them. I mean, she may have tried. They just never worked. And then in high school, when this came up again, the gastro doctor was like, let's do the antacids for a month. And she was just like, 
And so again, that didn't make a difference. They didn't work. So we ended up going and having a scope, very invasive, which I didn't, again, had no idea at the time. I was like, "Uh, what? So anyway, we did it. And the doc said, oh, she's fine in the recovery room. She's fine. She's fine. She doesn't even, she's never had reflux. Her esophagus is beautiful, which was, Mm -hmm. we were happy to hear that. But I said, but she's not fine because nothing has changed. And she's like, no, no, but she is. She's fine. There's nothing wrong. And I'm just like, and then she starts leaving and she stopped. And she's like, I mean, her small intestine is red and inflamed, but that's nothing. And then she left. And I was just like, what? And, yeah, um, that's not what a parent wants to hear, especially. No. And, and that was probably the first time in my life that I felt like I did not have an answer and I had no one else to ask. Like I just, we just finished with the expert. Who am I supposed to ask now? I was very mm-hmm. frustrated. And some of my girlfriends, we were in at the time. And my girlfriends were like, you need to go see this nutritionist. And I was just like, I don't even know what that is, but okay. So that's what started it with me. She made just one teeny adjustment to my daughter's diet. It was nothing. Like literally she was kind of like in passing. She's like, oh yeah, stop eating gluten. You know, at the time it was, I don't know, 12 or 13 years ago. And we were just like, oh, okay. So we went to Whole Foods, bought everything that was gluten-free and that, believe it or not, really that tiny change made a massive difference. And that was when I was just like, hold on a second, what is happening? Food must be magical. And I just had to learn everything I could. So I just was reading and reading and reading. And I ran out of things to read. And I said to my husband, I I think I'm gonna have to go back to school because I need a reading list. And he was like, okay. So that I ended up getting my master's degree in nutrition and got a great reading list. (laughs) Um, I'm sure. Can I ask, uh, talking about that reading list, are, are there any books or maybe um, some of the, uh, I've been fortunate, a couple of our guests have had their own published books. Um, mm-hmm. with, is there any book, uh, you know, in, on this episode we can recommend that really also put a lot of things in perspective for you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm trying, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my wall of books. You're a, and by the way, you, I, and I, this is my other question personally, you're a book person because I'm, I've become, and I'm 42, I've become audible is just my go. I, I just... I can read a whole book. And then if you ask me like what happened in chapter two, I have no idea. Oh, I, so I have the books, I have the Kindle versions wow. and okay. I have the audible versions. These authors okay. love me. Right. <laughs> um, and then I use this thing and this is a shout out at this thing. It's on Readwise. Okay. Look it up. And what okay. you do is anything you read on your Kindle will go, uh-huh. anything you highlight goes right into your Readwise online. And then you can, organize all of your highlights from all of your different books. So if you had a topic from this book, but it kind of went with this book, it can kind of, you're like, all of a sudden it's amazing. So, okay. I, I curse. It's, it's amazing. If I, if I slipped there and said my, my holy shit, that was, that, but that's really cool. Can you. It's amazing. Especially because when you're doing this kind of reading, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. So one of my favorite books is um just, if I, if you want it, it's um, why we get sick. Okay. Um, by Benjamin Bickman, Dr. Bickman. Okay. It's a great book. Awesome. Okay. So obviously we got to where, you know, what got you to where you are today. Now let's going to school. And and what I love hearing is I think a lot of people are, I commend your path forward. And I'm not knocking this, by the way, so many of us have become and correct me if I'm wrong, I sometimes talk my thought process as I'm thinking aloud. I feel like because of social media and so many of us, you know, I, I joke, but if you have four followers, you kind of have an audience, right? Yeah. So many of us have become, you know, 
experts on certain subject matters without maybe even technically being experts. What is your thought on this day and age of just everyone putting their two cents in? Because my thought is someone like you who got the education for this stuff is truly well-versed to to speak on it. Whereas me, you know, because even me, if I'm speaking on something and I think a lot of the experts I've talked to, everybody, everyone, everyone's physical body is so different. If I advise somebody like if your husband and I, who are two 40 plus year old runners got together, I'm sure we go through different things, you know, and our bodies are completely different, right? Yeah. So what's your thought on the differences and how everyone needs to have their own kind of structured plan put, put forward for them? Or right. is that is that true or am I wrong? No, no, I think you're absolutely right. And so, and that's, I kind of like the way you put that because it's what I do is I don't want to, and before we got on the call or went live, I was saying, I don't do uh, meal plans. People right. don't follow meal plans and no one meal plan is going to be right for every person. And it's a yep. lot of work. So I don't want to, how do you say it? Like, I don't want to give them the fish. I need to teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to teach what I do with my clients is I teach them what food is which seems odd, right? But really Mm -hmm. what it is, break it down, what's food? And then how do those different components of food impact your body? And everybody is going to have a different experience with how those components, we'll call them the macronutrients, impact their body. And Mm -hmm. so I take them through three phases. In the first phase, I always help them, we get everybody, we just need to be more we need to understand better how much sugar is in our diet and how we're reacting to that sugar and really kind of breaking away from the sugar. So the first thing we always do is I have everyone kind of break up with sugar. Let's just get off the sugar and mm. then see how you feel. And you know, it's basically an anti-inflammatory diet. So we get sort of the most common inflammatory foods out of the diet. So we get off the sugar. So once we do that, then we can start really dialing in how does different how different foods make you feel what works for you so fats and carbs are energy so what works for you some people are going to feel better with more carbohydrates some people are going to feel better with more fats mm-hmm. it also depends on your lifestyle are you a runner are you a power lifter you know what are you doing are you just a walker whatever it is but on some level people are going to want those fuels and probably depending on what your goals are for your health and your body, playing with that seesaw is going to impact how your body reacts. So what I want my clients to know by the end of 12 weeks, I want them to be very clear about what works for them and what doesn't work for them so that they can walk away and have long-term results because they know how to tweak and make little changes that Mm -hmm. will adjust how their body kind of reacts. And that makes sense. Yeah, no. And they all will have a different experience and they will all play with those foods differently depending on what works for them and what doesn't. Right. No. And then obviously with physical fitness. So, you know, one of the things too, we talked a little bit, and and again, part of this podcast is nothing. I try never outside of, you know, my hello and, and introducing myself in our intro here, you know, we don't make this about us, but we were getting even into your body too. Like one of the reasons our company started was I noticed, you know, my body, when I did my research on some of my fatigue and some of mm-hmm. where I, not just, obviously I'm not physically able to do certain things anymore, but some of the, even the fatigue came from, you know, lack of vitamin D and lack of my body producing the amino acids, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. 
So what is your take on also increasing? Because like you said, you got to see where the person is. Do they need more, you know, certain nutrition, right? Like right. what their body's requiring. Um, I think I kind of answered my own question there. Sorry. But like, you got to really take each person case by case. I'm like, you know, of course. So I think of my, what I do is a sort of funnel, broad mm-hmm. strokes at the top. That's where we start. And most people have amazing results just from adjusting with these broad strokes. Then they can kind of funnel down if there's more gut issues or there's something else going on. Maybe you funnel down. Maybe you do some testing. Maybe you look Mm -hmm. a little deeper. But most people are just at the top of that funnel. And really just with some just simple dietary adjustments, their life changes. I have a client right now who is in her mid-50s. And she said she's been an insomniac since her early 30s and on some a lot of different medications and nothing's ever worked. And she wasn't on anything currently. And she's sleeping for the first time in her life. Like She's like, I can't even believe it. And wow. again, just simple adjustments. But I really, most of the people I work with are over 40, over mm-hmm. 45. And uh, the one biggest common thing is no one eats enough protein. So that's a, that's a shift we look at. So again, we're looking at macronutrients, but protein is sort of that wild card for me. That's where we're, you're always going to focus on the protein. And then we're going to play with the fuel depending on how your body, how it works. So with women, for example, as we lose estrogen, we don't metabolize sugars the way we used to. You Mm -hmm. just don't, the less estrogen you have, the more insulin resistant you can become. So your body isn't hearing insulin the way it should. So People who are, you know, as women age, we do have to manage our sugars a little bit differently than we did when we were younger. And you have so many women who are just like, I'm, you know, I'm 45 and I, I, I've never had an issue with my weight and I've always felt good. And all of a sudden I'm eating the same things and I have all this belly fat and what's happening. I'm like, well, you're perimenopausal and your estrogen is being depleted um, and your body's yeah. not metabolizing sugar the way it used to. And now you're, it's showing up sort of in a more of a male pattern than it did when you had more estrogen. Isn't that interesting? So the estrogen mm-hmm. doesn't make you gain weight or lose weight. It just tells your body where to put the weight or put the fat. And mm-hmm. so when we have less estrogen, we start carrying our weight a little bit more in the middle, like men, as our, we lose our estrogen. It's really interesting. But anyway, so there is a reason that, <laughs> that oh. you, your body shifts when you hit menopause. No, I mean, even that, I mean, it's funny, you're like, just personally, and I've, I've said this on a couple other episodes, I mean, you know, for even me, it was like, I just never forget. And, and I definitely don't do this anymore. It was like, uh, there was a, a puddle, and I'm running. And like, I probably have jumped over puddles bigger than the, this one in particular. And it just, I never forget, like jumping over this puddle as I'm running a few years ago, I was like, all right, wow, this just took way too much energy. <laughs> yeah, than, than it should have, right? So that's kind of like my, like, oh, wow. Like I can't even jump over. Like it's, you know, I think you've been, you're like, all right, like ex- exactly what you just said. And I want to kind of get away. You know, we talk a little bit about nutrition. What about as you get older, I think, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. Let me pull it. I can pull it back up the bio. I, this is, that does bring me to another question though, as, as, as you talk about like your hormones and blood sugar levels, can people, because I think people have, and me, this is me, again, I'm using myself as an example. I feel like you're either born diabetic or not. Like I knew kids when I was growing up were technically diabetic, right? Can you become a victim of diabetes later in life? Well, it used to be when you were young and you had diabetes, you had type one diabetes, okay. which is considered nowadays, they, they're thinking of it as, as an autoimmune condition. Oh, wow. um, okay. Unfortunately, 
now so many people have diabetes, but now it's considered, you know, it's type two diabetes, which Mm -hmm. is this, uh, it used to be this kind of disease or condition of aging. It was this thing that older people got, but now kids are getting type two diabetes and it is a lifestyle disease. It's a disease of lifestyle. So it is, I mean, I love it when I get somebody and they're like, well, I'm pre-diabetic and I'm like, oh, well, let's fix that, right. you know? And, and I do get people who come to me because they're pre-diabetic and their doctor wants to put them on medication, but they don't want to go on medication. So they're like, well, let me see if I can try and fix this myself. And they said, all right, we'll see you in three months. Right. And so and I do 12 weeks and at the end of 12 weeks, they go back to their doctor and they're like, well, do I, do you still want me to go on the medication? And they're like, well, we don't really need to talk about it because you don't have any markers of pre-diabetes sure. anymore. So it's my moot point. We don't need to discuss it. So that's kind of ideal. And that's, to me, it's very fun because I'm like, oh my gosh, what a great opportunity. You're at this place. You can totally fix this. And it's not that hard. Again, we're still talking broad strokes. It's really Mm -hmm. just learning about those macronutrients and then how to manage your body with the different macronutrients and you know what's going to work for you. So mm. somebody who is pre-diabetic, it's a you know red flag. There is too much sugar in their body that's not being processed properly. So wow. let's figure out where the sugars are coming from because every single person will say to me, but I don't eat a lot of sugar. And I will tell you right now, nobody over the age of 15 has a diet of ice cream and Snickers bars. So yeah, yeah. of course, we're not eating a lot of sugar, but maybe they start the day with a big bowl of oatmeal and some sliced you know, bananas, and then they have a, a bagel at their snack, and then they have you know whatever, but a lot of carbohydrates. And again, depending on what's going on in their life with their exercise and the rest of their lifestyle, they may not be able to process those carbohydrates well. So again, it's going to depend. Now a runner, somebody who's a runner, they tend to process the sugars better than your average person. But the person that's coming to me that's you know pre-diabetic is not typically somebody who's running a lot or doing a lot of exercise. Yeah, no. And I think that makes a huge difference. I'm glad you clarified that. So now a, a client comes to you. Can I ask this? If someone feels like, let me go back to, I actually have a, a question about being a nutritionist and having... We talk about diabetes. I'm trying to figure out how to word the question. Should someone that feels they are getting older, but feels they're pretty physical fit, like is a nutritionist possibly like someone maybe kind of like, and I know this sounds crazy, but please bear with me, Amy. Is a nutritionist something like you maybe just should, you know, your dentist, for example, even though they say every six months, you're sometimes okay if you see your dentist once a year, right? Is a nutritionist just someone maybe you can look at like for once a year, once every year and a half, to kind of go over some things and, and especially one as decorated as yourself, who has the degrees, has the education, would you recommend somebody that even if they're feeling okay, maybe not the best, best, but they're not feeling bad. Should people reach out to a nutritionist? What's the word I'm looking for? Like once a year, once every two years, is that something you recommend? Right. I, you know, a uh, short answer, I would probably say no. I would say, I don't know that you have to. I think Mm -hmm. if you're feeling well and your doctor's like, you're doing great, everything's looking good, you're feeling good, there's no red flags to indicate something's amiss, then Mm -hmm. you're probably doing just fine. I think you're probably doing great. Now, the problem is you can go to the doctor for years and he or she can tell you that you're doing just fine. 
And then all of a sudden you go for your annual checkup and he's like, oh, you have type two diabetes. And you're like, no, no, I was just, remember I saw you last year, everything was great and nothing's really changed. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, your blood sugar is out of control. So one of the problems is typically doctors will not test fasting insulin. And fasting insulin will allow you to identify if there's something amiss, like if your body is out of balance, but you can see this very early, 15 to 20 years before your blood sugar gets all wonky on you. So your body's going to work really, really hard to keep everything in balance, but your insulin can be way out of whack. And unless your doctor checks insulin, there's no red flag to indicate that you're actually on the wrong path. You're headed in a bad direction. So And one of the other things that's interesting about type 2 diabetes is you do not have to be overweight to be a type 2 diabetic. You can be very physically fit and look like you're healthy and have type 2 diabetes. I have two women on my street, friends of mine who are older than me, who within the last eight years were both diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And you would look at them and think, what? What do you mean? You know, you're fit, you're trim, you walk every day. It was crazy. It was really interesting, but they both, both eat a lot of sugar. Like they love sugar. <laughs> you talk about sugars and obviously that's such a huge topic because, you know, so many things are sweetened and, you yeah. know, and, and with these women, I'm talking about candy. <laughs> no, um, by the way, I'll, I'll say, I'll say right now, straight, my kids in our house know that they have to hide the candy from me. It's funny. <laughs> So I, if I see, especially if it's sour candy, if I see it, it's mm-hmm. probably gone. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you your opinion. And, and if you don't want to go into this area, are you personally, I just like to learn and I want, cause I think I'm trying to get toward that myself because I know proteins and things like that. I really see the benefit of cleaner eating personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I try my best to do that, but obviously here and there I'll veer off and have a steak. Sure. Are you a vegan just even personally, you here you... Off, I'll veer off here and there and have a steak. Look, if I could have a steak every day, I would be eating a steak every day. It's just that sometimes I haven't defrosted my steak. And so then I have to wait, but no, I am all about animal proteins. Yeah. Okay. When I say protein, and... I mean, animal proteins and having a steak at 1030 in the morning for me is like my favorite breakfast because wow. that will hold me typically. And I'm not I don't eat like a, I eat a 10 ounce steak. I mean, mm-hmm. you give me this kind of a steak and I'm like, what is, what? That's sad. That's puny. So a 10 ounce steak at 1030 in the morning is going to hold me most of the day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I like, like I said, for me, again, I'm at 42. That's, you know, I grew up, you know, I, I feel this vegan push, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's new. And again, I want to learn about it. And, and I've had people on the show that swear by it. And we, I think we go back to everyone's different, right? Yes. My, my father who just came in here, put something on my desk, for example, he's late seventies and you know, eats anything. Talk about candy. He's always got candy in his pocket, yeah. you know? So with your protein, And I love that you just said that that holds you throughout the day. I think the other thing about steak protein is it doesn't, as crazy as this sounds, it's when I combine it with, let's say, let's say you go to Outback, right? You combine it with the bread, the blooming onion, all the like junk around it. That's when I feel like you get very blocked down, right? That's when you leave going, oh, I'm definitely done. I'm so full. And you feel kind of sick. To your point, if I were to do just a piece of steak, like when I was back in my corporate job, for example, like a steak salad lunch, you're right, was like perfect. Yeah. 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 So one of the big things that I like food, 
I like mm-hmm. to eat. I do not like to feel hungry. I certainly do not like to feel deprived and sad mm-hmm. and sorry for myself. So my big push with my clients is let's not feel hungry. So how mm-hmm. do we do that? Well, you eat the food that makes you full wow. and you want to eat the food that makes you full without having to eat too much. So there's this whole concept of overfueling, right? But if you're eating the right foods, you're actually going to have a natural off button. Mm -hmm. So the way I describe it is if you're eating animal protein, you're feeding every cell in your body, which is what you're doing. You're not feeding your belly. You're always feeding the cells. So you're eating the animal proteins. Your cells are like, yay, I just got all the amino acids, all the uh, minerals and the vitamins, everything I needed. They're so happy. They're just like, we'll talk to you later. We're done. See you in five hours. Now with my weight loss clients, this is awesome because that's what you needed to do. You needed to make all the cells happy so that your Mm -hmm. body would stop telling you to feed it. But now let's talk about fuel. So that's the energy. So those are the sugars and the fats that you're getting. Those are your energies. If you are overweight or you have excess fat, you have your own personal pantry. We all have our own personal pantry. But let's say we want to start you know, burning off that excess fat. Your body, it's got all the nutrients it needs, but maybe now it's going, but I'm kind of running out of fuel. But I don't need you to feed me because the cells are full. Mm-hmm. And that's when all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have all this fuel on board. Oh, I'm going to use that. We're good. We'll talk to you in five hours. However, if you're insulin resistant, your body has no idea that you have onboard fuel, that pantry door is totally locked, that personal pantry completely locked down. So you're constantly hungry because your body's, you know, it just needs more fuel. It needs everything, especially if you're not feeding it the right foods with the right nutrients and amino acids, you're Mm -hmm. constantly going to be, it's going to be asking you to feed it. So for example, a steak versus potato chips, you're going to eat your steak. You're going to be full. You're going to be done. You're going to be moving on. You're going to eat potato chips. Your body's going to be like, well, I'm getting a little bit of what I need from those potato chips. So if this is what we're going to do, you need to bring it. We are Mm -hmm. going to eat a lot of potato chips and we're going to keep eating them because we're just never going to get there. So this is why we will overeat those foods that aren't nutrient dense. Or for me, McDonald's French fries. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Well, I I love that. So the big thing I, I love your refreshing take is again, it's like, And even when we got on the pre-call, people didn't hear our pre-call, but I have not really met someone like you. And it's just inspiring and refreshing because I feel like you come at it. And by the way, it's funny, I'll say this, and and maybe as I'm getting older, you come at it as I I have a 14-year-old and a six-year-old, two daughters. And what I'm realizing is when I say no, right, they want to do that, right? Right. And as my 14-year-old, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but as she goes into more high school and obviously going out and boys and things like that. So what I'm recently realizing, and we're going a little off subject on diet and nutrition here, but I'll say, because yeah. this is what I love about your approach. It's more like, well, listen, this, this, and this could happen, right? If you go out you know, with so-and-so, this could happen. Just you know, be careful. Kind of, I feel like you're kind of like saying these things that to look out for, to plan for, and then also like giving our, our listeners the opportunity to kind of make their own decisions, so to say. Absolutely. It's refreshing to see that take because I think people, and what I found with my older child, people really respond. People really respond when you're more flexible. You know, even if you look at the way the world is today, where you're split on, you know, Republican, Democrat, or you're right. split on, 
COVID is real COVID, like all that stuff. Like, I feel like the people that can just have genuine conversations or be like, you know, kind of like just hear each other mm-hmm. and listen. It's like, that's where, you know, I feel like we can all get back to for sure. Sorry to go off on a tangent there, but yeah. you're just refreshing take on it is what I really wish a lot of people I am around daily even were like that. You know, one of the modules in my program, it's called Fear No Food. Mm. And it's basically, I'm like, listen, we're afraid of things that we don't understand. And by this point in the program with me, you actually understand food and you understand how it's impacting your body. So there actually is no fear. Like there's no food that you should be afraid of because now it's just a choice. You Mm. know, this makes you feel good. So that's great. You can eat that. You know, this doesn't make you feel good, but maybe, you know, in the moment at a certain time, you're like, well, I'm going to make that choice. But it's, I'm not afraid of it. I know how it's going to make me feel, but I'm choosing that right now. I'm embracing it. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm just going to do it. And tomorrow, I'll do my other things that I normally do or whatever it is. But you just go, I get to make my choices. I know what's yeah. going to happen. I know what my body does. And you know, just because I made a choice that wasn't perfect doesn't mean that I've completely blown it. There's no finish line. You're just making choices. No, not not at all. And it's funny you say that. I mean, for me, I'll say that too. I think you just have to obviously adjust, adjust, adjust. But like for me, for example, like I am in a way where having two kids, having a wife, and I I love family time. I'm a holiday person, right? So usually around Halloween through, I'll even say Super Bowl and like Valentine's Day, right? (laughs) I want to just enjoy those. And it's winter. I'm on the East Coast. Um, so it's like winter time. I run in more downstairs on the treadmill. I hate cold weather. So I really have been my whole life. I've really taken, and even though I think the beauty is I still run during those three to four months. It's not like I take a break from running or working out. So, but even with that, I probably put on, and right now I'm, is when I'm like, all right, I got to get my stuff together as Valentine's day has just ended. I probably put on between, between 10 and 20 pounds. Wow. Those yeah. four months. That's a big shift. Right. Yeah. But what was back in the day when I was under 40, literally, if you said March 1st, by about, I want to say by the end of April, for sure, it was gone. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, back to my six yeah. days a week of good eating, back to my yeah. grind of like, you know, going outdoors more, you know what I mean? Like, but now what's happened is as I've gotten older, that by March 31st or by April 30, April 30th, I'm back. Now it's like, oh no, by May 15th, I'm back. By May 20th, I'm back, right? It's taking me a little longer. It's still the same amount of weight gain in a way, but it's a little longer to get back to where I want to be for like the summer. And I'll be the first to say, call me vain, but there's a certain look I want going into the summer. Right, of course, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody knows where they feel the most comfortable. And one of the things to keep in mind is every time you gain weight, Mm -hmm. It just over time, it always gets harder and slower to take it off. Yeah. Every time, if, if you sort of are cycling that weight, it always is going to get slower and harder as time goes on to take it Do off. Do you think that as I get older, and I know I love it because I think your you were ta- we were talking about your husband earlier, yeah. and he's gone through a lot of what I've gone through, and he also started running late. Do you think as I get older, that fun period, that let's call it my fun four months, do you think I really need to examine that and stop? Yeah. I think a swing of 20 pounds is a lot. You, okay. 10 pounds, I think it's a, you know, not a bad swing, but 20 pounds yeah. is a big swing. Well, let me tell you, it's weird on me personally. It's my shift, right? So like, I'll be like Christmas week, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's right. But I think running helps it. So it's not that high, right? Yeah. Yeah. It de- the running definitely helps because you're burning that excess fuel. 
Oh, for, for sure. sure. But you have your bad weeks, right? Like, and I think like Super Bowl, I got to say like, but when I get back, I feel, and I feel my healthiest too, by the way, when I'm back on my, all right, the holidays are over, the weather's warming up. Obviously you're getting more vitamin D. You have more energy. I think you're burning more, even, you know, I'm not just constantly yeah. sitting. It's just, I think like what I like though, is like at least, and let me tell you, it's, it's a selfish thing, but it's like, all right, look, like, cause I, I told you, I love the holidays. I'm, I'm an only yeah. child. I grew up loving the holidays, loving Christmas, all that stuff. So I think too, it's about saying, all right, I'm going to enjoy. And I think you, you talked about this. So I hope I'm not repeating myself. It's a little bit about enjoying the moment, enjoying those foods. The girls are going to bake cookies. I want one, right? Like Thanks. all that stuff. Right. So I just kind of wanted to put my kind of spin you on sort it. Of just answered one of my questions, which was, and I do this with my clients all the time. I'm like, it's Halloween. And I usually stay to new year's. But I think you're right. A lot of people push through to Super Bowl or whatever. But I'm like, but why is it Halloween to New Year's, let's say? Why isn't it just Halloween, Thanksgiving, three days around Christmas or whatever winter holiday you, you celebrate, New Year's Eve? Why isn't it maybe, you know, a couple of high points versus sort of this three-month right. stretch, right? Because it doesn't really need to be a three-month stretch. There's plenty of time in between where you should probably just be doing your everyday thing. But you used to say your kids are making cookies. So yes, if somebody is baking oh. straight through for three months, you're going to be nibbling. Well, yeah, no. And, and when I say that, I think where COVID helped, right? But now it's back. This was probably the first year it was a little more open. It was like, there's always an event, right? There's always yeah. a gathering. There's always a Christmas party. Uh, yeah. A friend is having people over. I think to your point, I think around those times, it's just, it's, whereas I'll tell you this, and I want to end on this. I know we're running a little over time, but if, I've got a few more minutes myself, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Okay. I, I think where COVID, so there's good and bad. And let's talk about this kind of as we wrap up, for example, for us, and, and I'll say about the company, what I saw with COVID was as soon as gyms closed, mm. people said, okay, I can't go to the gym anymore. I can get free weights on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I can get, you know, ropes and bands and things on Amazon. Also, I can go outside and run because that's allowed, right? We did see a spike in runners and I'm not going to lie and knock on wood. I hate that anyone suffered during COVID, but we saw the running community spike because that's what people were allowed to go do. Our hashtag, I actually just looked today, or a hashtag we created of running is not canceled had today oh, still yeah. over 100,000 users, right? So there's that. But now what I'm finding out is people are coming to our company and saying, as things are opening up, as governments are all across the country, you know, taking the mask mandates and everything off, gyms are now, almost all of them are now back and open. What I'm hearing is, and I was a little bit there too, I'm hearing people be like, you know, you can talk about a freshman 15 in college. I had a COVID 15. I worked from home. I kept going to my fridge in, in between every Zoom. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're also now on the flip side of that, having people coming out of COVID saying, oh, again, I, I curse a little bit, Amy. Oh, shit, I gained weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's not really a question, but I think too, that's where I think people are now going to be like, oh my God, let me get a better plan in place. Let me get a diet, a plan, all that. I'm sure you're, you're seeing a little bit of that. Maybe. What just happened? You know, so what happened? Oh, well, your habits changed. Mm -hmm. You were home and what you normally do shifted to something different. And so you can really see how it really, it's about your habits. It's about habit change. So when I talk about diet and lifestyle, we're talking about like looking at ways that we can tweak and shift habits 
so that now they're working for us as opposed to against us, right? Because once you get the pieces in place so that they're working for you, time is just your friend. I mean, you just put those pieces in place and then you just let time go and everything should just be marching you toward better as opposed to worse. And so again, I go back to that idea of there is no finish line and try not to get frustrated, but let the progress happen. But it is, it just comes down to changing those habits again. It's, it's funny you mentioned time, or I, I feel myself, and you just kind of reminded me, and, and this is a problem for me. If I'm at work, if I'm busy, if we had a busy day, um, I can come to work. I'm, I'm a, one of the reasons I also don't mind fasting. I like to be able, you know, I have, I have a friend, and I don't want to call him out directly. I have a friend who like, if he's hungry, the world has to stop and he has to eat. One thing I admire about myself, pat myself on the back, I can at least go four hours. If you tell me dinner's gonna be at six o'clock and let's say it's three, like I'm good till six, right? On the flip side of that though, I feel like if I'm home, chores are done. If I'm not technically, and I'm just gonna use the word busy, that's when I'm like, I open the fridge, what's next? I feel there's so much to be said around being busy, right? When I'm busy, I'm fine. But when I'm not busy, that's when I'm like, is there candy in the house? Is there chips in the house? Well, you have to I, to be able to identify the difference between being hungry versus being bored. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not that we, sure. Yeah. Is there any hacks to that? Well, you, first, you have to recognize it. So right. first you have to be like, oh, I'm going in the fridge. Now I'm not hungry. I'm just bored. And then you have to go, well, what do I like to do when I'm bored besides eat? What else could I be doing right now? Oh, I could be going, I could go for a walk. I could go for a run. I could read my book. I could learn Spanish on Duolingo. I could, you know, something fun. Maybe you don't want to do laundry or uh-huh. maybe take the dog out. I don't know. But what other, I always have people kind of start listing. What are the things you like to do? What are the things right. you like to do that are fun to you and feel like a treat? So if I have a book that I read at night, if I'm bored during the day and I find myself with some time, maybe I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to sneak a chapter of my book. You know, the first thing you have to do is identify what's happening and be like, Oh, I'm in the fridge, but I'm not really hungry. Yeah. And I feel like the other thing too, is like food just becomes part of almost any, we talk about Super Bowl and and one of the things about that. I mean, it's again, at the end of the day, it's just that food is in this culture anyway, in this country, food is just such a big part of get togethers in general. It is, it is. And so that's the other thing I have my clients focus on. How about focusing on the company and the conversation, Right. you know, and instead of the food and what's there, I mean, And then we talk about how you make your choices, depending on what's available to eat, you know, what's a better choice versus a worse choice and that kind of stuff too. But, you know, so there's all that kind of stuff that you get into. But the other thing, and you, we talked about my husband before we started and you, you mentioned him a couple of times, but I do want people to understand. And that's my big push is you can be better with age. You do not Mm -hmm. have to succumb to the status Mm -hmm. quo of getting worse as you age, but you do have to understand how to work with your body to do that. So my husband, who's going to be 60, he's mentioned at the gym the other day that he was turning 65 and everybody was just like, what? I mean, they're all in their forties and they, and he looks like he's in his forties and it's just so funny. And he's in the best shape that he's ever been in, you know, and it's his Mm -hmm. diet over the past 10, 12 years has shifted. And he just, you know, he's just healthy. I think our community will be the first to tell you. I, it's funny because I told you I started running because, I, again, I couldn't play basketball or soccer. My, my sports growing up that were my two main sports, I got into running at 35 and I started this company because I couldn't do those, not even high level. I was doing 
pickup basketball and rec league soccer, right? But I couldn't do them at a level where I knew my body could compete at, right? So I started running. What it amazes me is while, yes, I couldn't jump for a rebound, I couldn't kick a ball as hard as I used to because I was weaker. What's crazy to me is at 42, I can still improve my running time. To me, that makes zero sense. Well, I, I just turned 55 too, and I, I am better now. And by the way, we do audio only, but let me say, and this is to your health, you look amazing, Amy. Oh, well, thank you. But I look better, feel better, um, my clothes look better than I did when I was 39. Wow. So that was that big shift for me as well. It was when I was learning about my daughter's gut health, I was like, wait a second, food is magic. And it, mm. it's magic for many different reasons, but I was also starting to shift and my body was not responding the way it used to. And I was thought I was doing all the right things. But when I really started to understand the food, that's when I realized, oh, wait a second, I can do something different. And my body responded differently. And oh. so, and same with my husband. I mean, my husband's always been an endurance athlete. So the runner, and now he's an endurance bike rider, but he did start lifting weights with me about three years ago. <laughs> he is like so fit. It's like, he's never had muscles. Like he has muscles now. (laughs) So funny. And I look at him and I'm like, people just don't get it. You know, they just, they just don't realize. And it just cracks me up. I feel bad for my kids because my son's going to be 26 and my, you know, my son's like throwing away clothes or giving away old stuff. And my husband's like going through and just like taking his stuff. And so like my husband wears, you know, a smaller size now than my 26 year old son. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. So, no, it's, 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 it, it is. It, it, but like, that's the cool thing. Again, when it comes down to when you just change the things or make improvements or really commit yourself, it's what it comes down to, right? Like, that's what it's about. Listen, this was amazing hour almost. I want to end with, you know, your kind of, you know, are you uh, one of the good things about some of the guests I've had? And as a lot of them are so special like yourself. And the cool thing about COVID is a lot of my guests are, you know, open to seeing some of our listeners and, you know, doing virtual kind of clients, virtual tele- That's all I do. telemedicine and things like that. Can you share with us and, and kind of close out this episode? Where can our listeners find Amy, what social platforms are you open to taking new clients and and where can we find you, please? So I am, my company is The Simplicity of Wellness and I'm on Facebook as that. I'm on Instagram as that, The Simplicity of Wellness. Um, My website is thesimplicityofwellness.com. And if you want, I do my 12 week program. It's called Hangry to Healthy. And if you go to my website, you'll see a work with me button. And if you click there, it takes you in and tells you all about my program. Awesome. No, thank you so much. And is there anything that I missed? Any like? No, no, really fun, really fun, really interesting. Oh, I was the one last thing I was going to say about your friend who, you know, you can go, you know, natural. So fasting, I'm a big fan, but I like it to happen. Yeah, no, I just like it to happen naturally. So when your body's in balance, you naturally don't need to eat until, you know, maybe every four hours, you naturally feel good in the morning without having to dive into breakfast. You kind of push breakfast off, but you don't get hangry, right? Which Mm. is what your friend gets when he's like, he has to eat, he can't focus and that's hangry. So he's living on that blood sugar roller coaster, which is very different. Wow. No, for sure. 
Awesome. Well, no, thank you so much. This was awesome. This whole thing was, was a pleasure. So thank you for your time. And, and Amy, I'll, uh, if you don't mind, send us like some information I want to put in the bio and sure. uh, offline, let's definitely continue to talk. And I probably maybe like in the summer or fall as, as people are more out and about, let's have you back on and we'll do some fun summer stuff that people can do and, oh, I'd and, love it. and talk about it. Amy, again, thank you so much for your time today. It's really my pleasure. Thank you. All right, everyone. And again, thank you guys for listening and helping this podcast and and helping me, you know, even learn and some of these amazing guests. I really thank them for their time. And Amy, you too. Thank you guys. 